Francis Drake is known for saying, it's not that life ashore is distasteful to me, but life at sea is better. Most cruise lovers would agree. And while some past misperceptions have been that an older generation are the ones hopping aboard cruise ships, recent travel trends and cruise lines show us that it's not. Welcome to Traveling with AAA. I'm your host, Mary Herondine. Today, we're cruising for the under 40 crowd and the forever young cruise adventurers. We have two guests today. We are joined by Andrea Zielinski, senior editor who covers cruising at the travel industry publication, Travel Weekly. Aside from those publications, she spent her career in political reporting for Texas Monthly and the Houston Chronicle. She's also appeared in Bustle.com, an online magazine for young women. We are also joined by Nicole Idenado, also senior editor covering river cruises and tour operators at Travel Weekly. Former Californian turned East Coaster Nicole has worked for television stations in Maryland, Delaware, and New York. Listeners may have caught her news stories when she was a TV anchor or appeared in digital media outlets. Welcome, Nicole and Andrea. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm very excited. Now, I know both of you um, have the Travel Weekly article, Cruising's Youth Movement from August 2022, which you reveal that travel advisors are finding Gen Z and millennial travels. Travelers are really interested in cruising. Can you tell us more about it? Andrew, do you want to kick off? Or? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I mean, millennials generally have been kind of left out of the cruising conversation, right? We There's this conception that cruising attracts an older crowd. And, and, and to some extent, there's some truth to that. What you need to be a cruiser is time and money. And a lot <laughs> of times people in younger generations probably don't have both and maybe they're lucky that they have one but might not have the other so they've been largely left out of this conversation what is interesting is that there is there is interest among millennials to cruise it's really about connecting cruise lines connecting to those travelers who are interested in you know working remotely or being able to do things from abroad who are interested in new experiences and uh, are always interested in new content that they can you know be posting on their social media accounts so there is the issue is there's this need to connect with those travelers and then show them that, you know, give them the taste of the cruise life to see if it is something they're interested in. Well, thanks for explaining, Andrea. Go ahead, Nicole. Definitely. And to echo um, Andrea, you know, that, uh, you know, that there is that misconception that, you know, uh, younger generations, if you're, you know, under a certain age, under 45, under 50, under 60, um, that you don't have, the time and the money to be able to, you know, spend on a seven night river cruise or, um, or longer or anything like that. But, you know, really it's the demographic and their ability to travel and for lengths of time at greater lengths of time and at higher price points is changing is definitely changing, especially not just because of, you know, influencers and the, very nice package deals that they get with their with their sponsors and with the their partners who they work with and whatnot but just because you you have a very fast growing um demographic that you know does in some ways in in many aspects has better jobs better paying jobs more time flexibility and we're in a culture now where companies 
are listening to what millennials, to what younger generations want in terms of flexibility with work-life balance, with, um, you know, with more flexibility for vacation time and things like that, working remotely, especially mm-hmm. now since that of the pandemic. So there is definitely a market out there. And even I've been approached um, about the uh, travelers, about the young professionals in my age range and Andrew and I's uh, age range who are college educated, professionals, well paid. They've been to the resorts in Mexico and the Caribbean and whatnot, the all inclusives. They've been to those areas. And they have all this money and they actually don't know where to spend it. They don't know. (laughs) They want to travel more. They want to experience more. And they don't know where to go or who to turn to in order to figure out what their next step is, what their next journey is in travel. So there's definitely an untapped market um, out there that definitely needs to be paid more attention to, more careful attention to by the ocean expedition cruise industries by the river cruise industries um if they want to kind of you know jump on that uh, jump on the gun before you know things really start firing off and they kind of have to scramble to catch up yeah it's interesting you mentioned that as you were speaking it really did trigger in me that the you know the workplace is changing the workforce is changing and the demands are different you know being cooped up locked away for covid Um, And then also, you know, so many different social movements that have happened really have people looking for life that's happening for them outside of work and really are demanding a different set of benefits and a different way to spend their time. And so to your point, you know, not only are workplaces offering more of that flexibility, but there's also the work from home or work from wherever, as long as you're dialed in and getting the work done. So we see that all over. And it makes sense that, um, you know, the travel industry is wanting to keep up with those changes um, that we see happening in the workplace. Now, what are cruise lines um, or cruise companies doing to attract that younger audience or to, to better market to them? I'll jump in on that. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of them is marketing, right? Mm -hmm. It's trying to find this audience where they are online, where they, you know, where they spend their time. And, um, you know, Carnival Cruise Line, for example, they're going after new cruisers, which includes this demographic. Mm -hmm. It also includes, you know, um, you know, Gen X as well. But so they're reaching out that way. But the biggest way to reach out to this generation is through word of mouth. And through that, you know, that is where they are going to be able to get more of the buy-in from, you know, you know, someone who's been on a cruise and they had, you know, a good time and they can tell you about it. And I would say that, you know, um, the way that river cruise lines are definitely Mm -hmm. trying to reach out um, to the younger demographics, to um, millennials and Gen Z is they're definitely trying to pinpoint more of a focus on active river cruising because for river cruising at least i think i feel like with cruises it's a little bit more it's it, the the segue is easier from you know an all-inclusive resort in mexico on a beach somewhere in the caribbean to you know maybe a cruise just a floating right. all-inclusive you know resort out there um but with river cruising even though it's like hey you're going through all these beautiful historic cities in Europe and whatnot, or um, on the Nile or on the Mekong or on the Amazon in South America, 
you know, it still is kind of hard for younger gender, younger travelers to, um, you know, think outside of, well, isn't that for older people and all that stuff <laughs> and, you know, slower and, you know, just walking tours with the, with if, even if they know about it with the lollipop sticks and all that stuff. And I think that, um, you know, river cruise lines are definitely trying to hone in more on active itineraries, itineraries that um, are really definitely get, getting you up and moving. You know, you're on bikes, regular bikes or e-bikes mm-hmm. uh, for longer periods of time, um, you know, really kind of traversing an area destination mm-hmm. and seeing what it has to offer. Uh, you might be going on, you know, uh, you know, more extensive kayaking tours right. or uh, things like that, stuff like that um, on the water and whatnot, just more active things, hiking, a little bit of hiking and things like that. So uh, I think they're, that's what they're really trying to do to incorporate that. And also I just want to add as well that, you know, um, one particular um, brand in general that I know, uh, Emerald Cruises, they're definitely making really great strides to, um, use the travel advisor resources that they have, such as with Asta. Mm-hmm. Asta um, has the their Young Professionals uh, Society network, which is you know uh, travel advisors, I believe, under the age of forty, who um, you know who have who are tapped into those networks of millennials of Gen Z, mm-hmm. and um, and they sell to those clients. So they just Emerald Cruises just ho- uh, hosted a you know, YPS uh, fam trip for them to help them, you know, uh, understand their brand and their marketing strategies and all that stuff. And, you know, translate that, take that back to their to their clients uh, to better sell their their cruises. Yeah, you mentioned that um, it's word of mouth, right? And, you know, having um, industry, you know, experts come do the fam cruise, it really experience it, take it back. How is the word of mouth happening? Or how are they getting it back to those networks? Is it social media? Do we see, you know, Instagrammers or um, any influencers, social media influencers that are really doing this and, and taking off with it? I think a lot of this is, you know, through social media and through mm-hmm. our networks. Right. Like whether it's Instagram and you're posting photos or whether you're on TikTok and that's just, you know, like I, for example, I took my sister as a guest on a Mm -hmm. recent cruise on Virgin Voyages and we weren't even off the ship and she was already telling her mom. She she does a lot of Snapchat. So Mm -hmm. she was Snapchatting throughout the entire cruise. And before she had gotten off, she was telling her mom's group yeah, we need to book a cruise. And she was telling her <laughs> husband the same thing. And she had never cruised before. So I think a lot of it is by showing pictures mm-hmm. of what it is that you're doing. And it's, you know, it's it's relating it that way because we all do spend, better or not, plenty of time looking at our phones. Right. And seeing these worlds that the people we know are in. And I think that has been a, a the big word of mouth. Yeah. So, uh, you know, thinking about that, we're always on our phones. It's the word of mouth. It's wanting to stay connected. Um, what are, you know, cruise lines, do they have fast, good Wi-Fi? Are they keeping up with that demand and ensuring that uh, that younger generation or that, you know, social media savvy, social media connected generation is able to get online? Yeah, they are. A, a lot of cruise lines are upgrading their Wi-Fi. Um, the hot new thing is to be using uh, um, SpaceX's Starlink, which is mm-hmm. a uses a 
type of satellite that you know uh, Elon Musk is putting up there above our heads, um, but a whole network of them, which makes connection a lot faster. These satellites are lower and they're closer to Earth's orbit, so the connection can come up and down a wow. lot faster than with the uh, satellites that we've been traditionally using, which are way higher up. So. Um, I think Carnival is just announced that they're going to be installing these, um, you know, they're going to be switching over to SpaceX. Royal Caribbean has already done it. Several other lines are already going that way because they realize whether it's, you know, you want to work from a ship or you want to be able to make sure you can, you know, check your emails or whether it is you want to be putting videos on Instagram, which obviously helps them and their brand. They are upgrading the internet. And often, sometimes it's expensive. Sometimes lines have made it pretty inexpensive in order, you know, and then maybe have it tiered where if you want to be able to stream, you would um, go into a different tier. But if you just want to be able to check email and text message, um, that that's included. So that is a big part of the strategy of reaching out to a, a lot of generations, but particularly this one. Wow. And so for the uh, for I know at least one river cruise line that has switched over to Starlink. That's uh, American Cruise Lines. They are mm-hmm. produced uh, those those satellite systems, um, the Starlink systems, on their uh, 2023 their entire 2023 fleet and any ships that they kind of that they're renovating right now that are out of 2023 service. They will have that installed in time for their 2024 sailing season. So American Cruise Lines is doing that as well. Wow. So, you know, it sounds like they're they're moving along in that direction, um, that pretty much all cruise lines are really moving along in that direction, realizing that the public, um, that, you know, cruise goers are really going to need that connection or want that connection, whether they're traveling and working or traveling for leisure and getting that time off. Now, you mentioned cost, and and this is interesting. I know, you know, we talked about that misconception, um, but there, you know, are still some folks out there that may think that it's too expensive or they'll get bored along a cruise ship. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, Nicole, maybe the cost that's involved or are cruise lines, river cruises or any others doing anything to help cut cost or even help increase the way that people perceive the value they're getting. Definitely. You know, two two companies definitely stand out in mind not 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 any favoritism or anything like that. It's it's really just because of a couple of recent stories I've actually written in the last uh, few days, a week or so. Um, about some of their new offers, uh, specifically targeting this uh, Riviera River Cruises, which mm-hmm. is a UK-based river cruise line. Uh, they have a pretty good um, solo traveler, um, a pretty good solo traveler uh, program for their river cruises, uh, where I don't believe that they add in any um, single supplement for wow. you know somebody booking to go on to a, uh, a, r- a river cruise with them. So um, I, uh, I believe, you know, it's a it's a pretty good price point. You know, I suppose it's I've, I've had it. I've had a travel advisor sort of break it down for me. River cruises are a little bit more expensive than just going straight to like an all inclusive, um, even a very nice high end one, you know, in again, in Mexico and the Caribbean and mm-hmm. in Hawaii, like that. 
But, you know, the difference is with the price point, at the price point that you're paying for a river cruise, you are really actually, you're at, you're actually able to cover some ground. Right. You're not um, just staying in one place. So you're able to, you know, touch different countries and different cities and, you know what I mean, and have those great Instagram moments, whether you're off the ship in the cities and the destinations mm-hmm. themselves or you're on board sailing through these scenic places like the Rhine Gorge and all these castles and everything, um, you know, flanking you on either side. So the price points um, maybe um, are a tad, um, you know, a tad higher than um, all inclusives, but for what you get out of it, a lot of lines are definitely trying to make it a a, a bang worth your buck. Mm -hmm. And uh, Riviera, uh, uh, River Cruises, I, I know, is doing that. Talc is doing that for sure. They are, they understand that coming out of the pandemic, coming out of the summer of Armageddon, where we had <laughs> all of those those air crises and uh, cancellations and delays and all those things and just a, exorbitantly high prices for, for flights um, as airlines were starting to bring their routes back online. They know that people um, as their wallets are sort of shrinking a little bit from those pandemic savings that they've had over the last couple of years, they know that value is really going to come back to the forefront. And um, then that's really gonna be something that is a staple for people, regular people who don't have crazy disposable incomes. Um, that's going to be a really big pinpoint for them as they move forward and plan their travels. They want value. They want the best bang for the buck. And those are just a couple of river cruise lines that I know have really have tried to um, uh, put that to the forefront for their packages. Yeah, that solo traveler and that single supplement cost could be a real deterrent for somebody who's trying to to make a trip, you know, have a really great experience, but also make it cost effective. And it sounds like um, Riviera, they've got it right. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> and um, Andrea, anything else? You know, among the ocean going cruises, mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of discounting. So right now, you know, prices are recovering from you know, what, what all these cruise lines had to go through in the pandemic and, you know, keeping prices down, they are starting to climb, but you still see a lot of, you know, buy one, uh, you have your second passenger half off or, you know, kids sale free or just heavily discounted in order to not just get the, you know, the person who's booking on, but to make it more affordable to get that extra passenger to get those kids because you know once you get those kids on and then you know millennials <laughs> do have kids and some mm-hmm. of us have kids mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so they're looking for a vacation of what can i do so i can relax and they can bring their kids on and then you know be able to have them play with the the kids club or you know mm-hmm. there's different activities like you're paying for go-karts there are all these extras and uh, in across the board cruisers are spending more on these extras. They're spending more on that specialty dining or the excursions mm-hmm. or other activities. So for cruise lines, and kids also don't eat that much. Right. So they're not very expensive passengers, but they can be very profitable ones. Right. I know. Anytime I take my kids, I have two that are four and eight. And no matter where we go, no matter how cost effective I try to make it, uh, I end up spending more than I anticipated. And it's and it's and it feels worth it because, you know, when I'm looking at the initial cost, 
I realize that I am going to spend more once I'm on board or once I'm there on things that they see, things that we see and and experiences that we want to have that we hadn't anticipated. And I think it's just important to plan for that as well. And I think, you know, with the cruise lines keeping the costs low, having tactics like that, knowing that they're going to get, you know, the return on it and that people will feel or the travelers will feel like that was a good return on their their investment to travel. Well, this seems like a good time to take a break. When we come back, um, we're going to talk a little bit about your personal experiences and whether you would recommend a cruise to a younger crowd. Thank you. If you can dream the perfect family vacation, you can create it with Trip Canvas from AAA Travel, the all-in-one platform that lets you research, plan, and book the ultimate getaway. Trip Canvas, let's go somewhere. Welcome back to Traveling with AAA. I'm your host, Mary Herendine, and today we are cruising. We're cruising with the under 40 and forever young at heart uh, cruisers, and we're joined by Nicole Idenado and Andrea Zielinski. Welcome back uh, to both of you. And before we went to break, we were talking about the cost that's associated to cruising and uh, what cruise lines are doing to attract that younger generation. Could you tell us a little bit about your own experiences as younger cruisers yourselves? How do you enjoy um, cruising? And would you recommend an ocean or a river cruise to one of your peers? Um, I would definitely, um, I would definitely recommend, you know, at least trying a cruise and trying definitely both uh, if you can, if you, if, if it matches your price point, if you've got a little bit of extra um, in your wallet and whatnot to do so. Um, I would definitely recommend it. I've only ever been on one ocean cruise, and that was with Virgin Voyages, mm-hmm. and I particularly loved it, um, uh, especially the, the no kids part. I'm sorry. I mean, it's, part of it. you know, it's 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 so much fun. You know, you're just on a big old party ship with a bunch of you know like-minded. Um, people of all different, you know, ages over the age of 18. So, um, so it's pretty fun. But, um, but I would say, you know, yeah, I would definitely for 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 my purposes, you know, I would definitely recommend a river cruise um, uh, to anybody in my age range, Gen Z, millennials, just because it's, it's, I mean, I think it is such um it is such an untapped area of travel for people our age, because, you know, I think that once you get past any sort of misconceptions about it, that it's just older, that's just for older um, generations, it's just for older people, slower travel and all that stuff. I think once you get past that and realize what's at the heart of it, that you are moving through Europe, the heart of Europe, you know, on these rivers, these famous rivers where, you know, cities and these whole countries built out from there, from these rivers, mm-hmm. uh, people surrounded their lives by the rivers. So when, as you're going through these areas, you're pulling up straight into the city center at times, and you're in the heart of of certain places like Budapest, like like Vienna, um, mm-hmm. you know, so many different places. And um, it's just it's just such a great way to, you know, sort of make an entrance yeah. into a new nation, and um, and just being on board. You know, it's a smaller experience right. than a than an ocean cruise. Uh, you know, you're only you're really only yeah, 200, 200 people are about on board 
total. That includes crew. It's usually up to about like maybe like 185, 86 guests per whatnot. So it's a very small, uh, much more intimate experience. And there are even smaller vessels. You know, if you go on the Nile, it's going to be smaller. If you go on the Mekong, it's going to be smaller ships and whatnot, just because of the kind of rivers that they have to navigate and the kind of boats that they have to have for those uh, for those wa- for those waterways. So I would just, you know, it's just such a great way to cover a lot of ground. It's an intimate experience, and you know, you can make friends. You can you can see so many people. Um, uh, meet so many different people and get to actually know them. Uh, you know. Then as opposed to maybe, you know, sort of finding like a, a smaller group on an ocean cruise, which is great. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you maybe won't have that intimacy uh, that you can find on a river cruise as an ocean cruise. But I'm sure there are some benefits right. to that that yeah, can definitely talk about. Well, Nicole, it sounds like that's not generational at all. It's really about preference and the experience that you want to have. And you know, based on what you're describing, it sounds like a really beautiful, very like personal and impactful experience that you could have. Like you said, going into arriving, making your entrance to a city. I mean, it sounds incredible. So really, I guess it's more about the experience and and not the generation. And Andrea, what about for you? What do you think? Yeah, you know, so would I recommend an ocean cruise uh, to a millennial? Absolutely. I would also come with the caveat of you need help or you need to do the research to figure out which is the right line for you. Ocean cruises are, they come big as big as a 7,000 passenger ship with the uh, uh, Royal Caribbean's Icon of the Seas that'll be coming out late this year. Wow. Um, All the way to smaller ships where, yeah, maybe it's an expedition ship that only carries about 200 people. Um, the big thing is to just find the ship that's good for you. What mm-hmm. is it that you're looking for? If you have kids and you want to keep them entertained, there's a variety of ships that are great for that. If you don't have kids, if you really want that kid-free experience mm-hmm. where you feel like you're sailing with a bunch of adults, there's a cruise line. There are several cruise lines for that. So, I mean, I have people in my friend group all the time, and I tell them what I do, and they ask questions, and I get I get those misconceptions, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to be stuck on a ship. I may be a little claustrophobic. And it's like, okay, well, you know, there can be ways to deal with that. There's are there are people who are just like, you know, I have this idea that's this big party and you know, yeah. which is very crowded. And it's like, yeah, but there are other ships that can give you that more intimate experience that Nicole was talking about. My favorite mm-hmm. cruises have been ones where I traveled solo and I made friends and mm-hmm. just met a lot of people, and especially on a relatively small ship, you run into those people all the time, and you end up creating relationships with them, and you dine with them, and you just you know, have drinks. And I think for a lot of millennials, you know, we like the idea of experiences. So I would recommend to any millennial who you know I've spoken to about this that you know it's worth trying and seeing what you think about it. I mean, we we like trying all this, all sorts of stuff, right? Um, and taking pictures in big, beautiful places. And one of the things that Ocean, like River, offers is the opportunity to see a lot of places while only unpacking once. I I've seen it as a good opportunity to, okay, well, if I haven't been to Europe, a cruise through, you know, in different parts of Europe would be great because then I can figure out where I want to go back to and oh. spend more time on a second vacation. 
That's interesting. You know, I over I'm a habitual overpacker. And the <laughs> idea that I might have to pack up and repack, that's I have a hard time with that because I'm like, well, where do I stay? And then getting to to see other places, getting out of the city and, and viewing everything else, then having to come back. The alternative is packing up and bringing it with you and then unpacking. And there's so much time that's lost. Um, when, you know, the time you is so short. Out. You gotta plan your outfits. <laughs> I know. I know. I have to do a better job. I know. Um, I, I'm always like, what's the advice we have for packing? Well, you know, it's just so interesting. But but to your point, a great way to see a lot of places and only unpacking once. And I guess it really is about the experience you want to have. What advice would you give um, for travelers, for millennials or otherwise um, looking to go on a cruise when they're thinking about, you know, the research or the things they should tell their travel advisor? It's so that is it's such a great question um, and definitely a, a personal one. You know, what do you want out of your, you know, cruise experience? You know, do you want to be you know, around a lot of um, different types of people and and do you not mind being, you know, sort of one among the crowd and, and that sort of thing? Or do you want a more personalized experience, you know, where people kind of get to know you a little bit, get to know your preferences, your tastes and things like that? Even if just, you know, just for those that short time that you're there, um, you know, on board, do you want to be able to get off the ship mm-hmm. and to a destination and go ride a bike or, or, or join an excursion? Or even if you didn't want to join an excursion, do you want to be able to have the freedom to go out and to just step off the ship, go wander around for hours? Do you want that kind of freedom? Do you want that kind of ability to be able to do that? I think those are the, those are some of the qualities where, you know, it, you might find that a travel advisor might suggest to you a river cruise um, might be your best bet or an ocean cruise that has that that actually does do overnights in ports. And I, I think um, Virgin does that, as uh, I believe, in um, in Europe with their Barcelona, um, right. with their that the Mediterranean cruise and whatnot. So it's just stuff like that. It's what do you what do you want to do? What do you want to get out of your cruise? Do you want to be left alone? Do you just want to leisurely relax and all that stuff? Or, you know, do you just kind of want to go with the flow in, in some areas and, and, you know, just see what happens? All important things to consider if you're considering what sounds like very, very different experiences you can get no matter what cruise you choose. And so thank you for that. Um, any any final words on that, Andrea? Any last piece of advice for those looking to go on a cruise? I you know, I kind of just want to echo Nicole. It's yeah. if, you know, if if you want to go on a cruise, think about what it is that you want to accomplish. Do you are you really just going to relax and rest and you're just kind of looking for that beach vacation? There are plenty of cruise lines that offer that where mm-hmm. you know, you're spending a day in the beach club and then you're at sea and you know you can you know and maybe it's a short one. Maybe you can only get away for three, four or five days. And maybe that's a good way to test the cruise, you know, mm-hmm. see if you like the line for the first time without it being a, a full commitment of a, a week or longer, you know, or do you really want to explore? And if you want to explore, as Nicole was saying, yeah, there are definitely lines that do overnights. Azamara does 
um, you know, I think some of the most overnights in ports um, and they and other lines are trying to stay longer. Mm-hmm. So is that something that's important to you? Um, you know, also, it isn't important for you to have like an all inclusive like experience. Some cruise lines are a little bit um, you know, more all inclusive than others in terms of, okay, I know I bought a ticket, so I'm going to have all this covered versus like, okay, well, maybe I don't drink or maybe I don't drink very much. And it doesn't make sense for me to um, try to get in on a beverage package that, you know, just boils down to a lot more money than you would spend, you know, piecemeal if you only drink maybe one or two drinks a right. day. So it's really just thinking about what your what kind of vacation or what kind of trip are you looking to have? And communicating that with your agent, mm-hmm. because your agent is going to be able to mentally kind of play matchmaker with all those different things and find a line that works really good for you. Yeah, that sounds great. And dump the misconceptions, right? Dispel the myths and, and get curious, I guess. Nicole Denado and Andrea Zielinski, senior editors at Travel Weekly, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Mary. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's been my pleasure. I hope to have you back. And thank you, our listeners, for being with us. If you're planning a trip, be sure to connect with a AAA travel advisor. Check out AAA.com forward slash travel or visit your local branch. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. I'm Mary Herondine. Thank you for traveling with AAA.